In a world full of confusing conversations that divides the world into black and white, our hosts invite listeners to abandon duality and live in the gray. By approaching each topic with unapologetic boldness, clarity, and nuance, even we know that leans into the opportunity to say the quiet parts out loud. Now, here are our hosts, LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz. Hello, welcome. This is Even We Know That with your hosts, Kat Schwarz and LaToya Green. And this is the last of our episodes on the Inspired Choices Network, at least for now. We'll never know what the future holds. <laughs> but uh, we are uh, we are friends and we are fellow intersectional feminists that will be certainly evident today in the topic that we do cover, which is uh, which is a, a deep one, right? But one uh, definitely worth exploring. So um, I'll tell a little bit about myself and then I will let my beautiful co-host do the same. I am the co, um, I'm sorry, I am the CEO and founder of Compassionate Healing Services. You can find me at uh, chsyoga.com. You can find me on Instagram at Compassionate Healing Services. I am passionate about mental health done differently. You're not going to find anything run of the mill uh, when you come to me uh, to deal with chronic mental health issues. Um, it is unabashedly spiritual. Um, I'm a spirit medium. I'm a Reiki master of masters. I'm a former physical therapist. I was a PT for almost 20 years, and I have a lot of unique things to offer in the realm of mental health care. So please tell us more about you, Latoya. You are impressive as hell, I might say. I hired you. That's how we found yeah. each other. Uh, I'm, a lot of bells and whistles that <laughs> have been assigned to me that I don't necessarily, necessarily deserve, but I am so grateful to be the owner of Higher Definition Leadership and Empowerment Coaching, an organization that takes the time to do small group, individual, uh, government, agency, corporate training on how to push your leaders to the next level. Um, I'm also a professor, got a couple podcasts, got a couple projects that I work on intermittently throughout the year. But more importantly, I am on even, we know that with Cash Wars here on the Inspired Choices Network. So just amazing time hanging out with you. If you ever want to learn more about what I do, find me at higherdefinitionlec.com or on Instagram at, high, at higherdefinitionlec. Yes, and I and I haven't yet said what the topic is today, but I did want to take this opportunity to really, you know, uh, tell you who we are and how you can find us, because this is the last show, as I said, on the Inspired Choices Network, at least for now. And um, as we move into our busy summers, please make no mistake, we uh, we need and want your um, your you to hire us, <laughs> whether it be for consulting or services. Um, I have a great coaching package I'll be launching. But um, yeah, we hope you go back to all the other episodes, everything that we've covered. We're really going to take a bit of a right turn today. I think you'd agree, Toya. Um, the topic of our show is patriarchy, white supremacy, and toxic Christianity. But don't worry, I am going to be calling out my fellow spiritual teachers as well on the toxicity that is very much in existence. So, um, yeah, so to kind of go off the fact that we started more um, at certainly more so than in other episodes, just about who we are, what we do, how to find us. Um, we also want to start this really deep topic talking more about um, why we feel, um, let's say, 
you know, we're, we're, we come from Christian background. And in fact, Toya, you still identify as Christian. So, um, you know, so I want to talk about our, our positive experiences, you know, um, with the, with the, uh, with the Christian uh, sect, right? The religious sect before we maybe in segment two dive more into the criticism. So please take it away. I have been uh, speaking <laughs> full time. I want to hear from you, Toya, about um, your past and current experiences with um, with your religious uh, affiliation. Well, yeah, I want to, I guess, start the conversation from my perspective in exploring uh, this heavy topic by just laying it all out there that my experience with Christianity, with the faith has been just like everybody else's, a very complicated one that I've landed on you know, comfortably, but, or, and uncomfortably in some ways, but that has taken a lot of turns, a lot of shifts and changes over time. I grew up in the church, uh, my family, uh, I, Christian, specifically Baptist, missionary Baptist. And so we've gone through those particular denominations or that particular denomination throughout uh, my time in the faith. Uh, as a, I think, middle school or high school or college student, very active in the leadership in my church, I got, uh, my family still attends one of the largest churches in the city of Kansas City on the Missouri side. Got to be clear because there's two Kansas cities. Never get that confused. I'm not from Kansas. So on the Missouri side. All champions. All right. All right. All right. Let us let them know. We started off this process and experience celebrating the Super Bowl win. But, um, you know, one of the bigger churches in Kansas City, I had the privilege of being a youth leader um, and serving in that capacity. Man, I got to be the praise and worship leader. I got to be the choir director for the youth choir as well as the women's choir. Um, I got to uh, be just a general youth leader in the church. So when we had events, when we had um, opportunities for young people to come together, which my church was very good about providing spaces for young people. So they felt like that they didn't have to wait their turn to get into uh, ministry building or get into serving or get into understanding more about themselves and their faith. But that this church was a safe place where you should come and bring your friends and we're going to have some great music. We're going to eat, feed y'all. We're going to have some great conversations. We're going to like, so I, I'm very careful in this conversation of criticism as I even reflect on my background of uh, what I've always had to be mindful about, even as I acknowledge my queer identity once I got to college, even when I invest in myself, even you know deeper into conversations about social justice and about what it means to do kingdom building, to really meet and, and reach out to God's people. And a lot of that um, meant that I had to hold on to parts of my testimony that were mine, but also I have to uh, create space between others, right? The criticisms that other people have. So I don't take on the burdens of other people's uh, 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 criticisms or issues or struggles or past. I do this for a very, very particular reason. And it's so that I can speak uh, objectively true about the things uh, with Christianity that I believe are, are salvageable and functional and do good things and create opportunities for people to live better lives in the very problematic parts that literally cut against and uh, uh, drive against and push out a lot of the things that make me me right so I've had to you know answer the complicated questions about being or identified as a Christian and being black I've had to grapple with the, the the difficult questions about what it means to be queer or to identify as a woman who loves women and also to under to, to, to say out the same mouth that I love God right I've had to reckon with what it means for faith leaders across this country and around this world being persecuting and being literally violent physically violent commandeering and justifying violence against people who look like me and a lot of times people who don't, right? But for the sake of violence and the politics and the conservatism that has crept its way into the faith, I've had to be on very tentative terms 
with, with, with how I feel. And so as I come to this conversation, which we'll unpack throughout it and, and really connect the dots between patriarchy, white supremacy, and toxic Christianity, I feel like I speak you know, from from a mountaintop. And I say that not that I've elevated myself beyond anybody else's understanding, but that I, I get to stand up there and look around and see all of what happens. It's kind of like in Lion King when Simba, look, Simba looked around and, and, and showed the kingdom and was like, this, this is the good part. But then if you look over there, right, that's the place you ought not go. I've, I have a, a decent perspective of it all. And so I've enjoyed the journey of unpacking and undoing and redoing, unlearning and relearning that has come along with this with this process. But what yeah. about you? I've had a very different, <laughs> different trajectory. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic and um, and I've shared, you know, in previous episodes that I came from a home in which complex trauma and toxic stress was very much occurring on a daily basis. So for me personally, school and church were safe havens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, those, there were, I felt safe at church. I found community at church. I even my, when I was 13 years old, I started working in the church rectory. Me and a bunch of my friends took these two or four hour shifts. Um, you know, just to do basic paperwork. And we never had anything but respectful relationships with the the priests that, you know, were in my, you know, in my district. And the priests were, um, you know, very um, influential in positive ways, right? And I did find peace in church, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would, when I would, when I would pray, I would feel a sense of peace in church. So, you know, even through, you know, I was one of those rare Catholic, you know, perhaps who, who went off to college and actually was seeking out my local Catholic church, right? I, I very much identified as a Catholic. And then two things happened in conjunction. One was the loss of my father to, to cancer. And it might sound, childish and I was 21 so I was a child in many ways um but the fact that my dad was so a lot of my trauma as a child was what I call the tsunami of death it was just a very consistent um loss of people that I were really close to me it was a very you know 13 people in a very you know eight year span or something something along those lines like you know it's um, you know, I don't want to be too literal, but, you know, very, very um, traumatic losses ending with my own father, who really was my one of my best friend. And um, and the fact that he was so faithful and we were so faithful and we prayed for, you know, of course, everyone is going to pray for their uh, parent to survive cancer. Right. And <laughs> the fact that our prayers didn't, quote, work. And I have a totally different understanding of prayer now. But the my prayers for my father not to die did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was right around the exact same time that some really disgusting allegations or you know truths came out about the Catholic Church and these pedophilia rings. And, you know, so for me, those two things in conjunction at the age of 21 completely and totally turned me to atheism. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I decided that God essentially essentially was for people who either, you know, rather uh, arrogantly thought like more, maybe weren't as smart as I was or, did, you know, um, didn't understand uh, nuances in the way that I could or were afraid of death in a way that at that point I had been desensitized to, both through the loss of so many family members and even close friends 
um, you know, of my own age, but also through so much trauma, when you experience so much trauma and you don't even feel safe or loved in your own family or accepted in your own family, and you have turned to a teenager and you started numbing with alcohol in my case, and, you know, um, you know, it's really reckless behavior that I wouldn't want my children to ever do, but I was poorly supervised, <laughs> right? And it was a different time. So, um, you know, so for me, it really was just another like, well, I'm not, you know, if I die, I die. <laughs> right. So, so I had a very, um, so, and for the next 18 years, it wasn't just a minute, it was, uh, you know, almost two decades because of my background as a physical therapist, I just decided that essentially, you know, if it, if you couldn't prove it by the scientific method, I wasn't going to believe it. <laughs> right. And, um, and, and in conjunction with that staunch lack of belief in anything, any lack, any, any loving, intelligent force larger than myself. I just felt that as though we lived one shitty lifetime and went to the grave. And perhaps I thought that because my family had such pep talks as life sucks and then you die. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's motivating. That's one to really get you, get you going. <laughs> try that one with your students uh in your next in your next class Toya you know like real motivating right I mean like you know I have your beliefs shape your reality and I had this really dark you know um belief around what life was and you know uh and and what it looked like for most people, especially of the, my own family. And um, so it turned me to atheism and it took a literal spiritual awakening that was completely and totally shocking to me in 2018 for me to, um, to know otherwise to, right. you know, and, but to talk complete, to start to understand what we call God in a completely and totally and in many ways antithetical way to the way that religion feeds it to the masses. And that's a form, as you and I pointed out um, in our meeting for this, of collective gaslighting. <laughs> and you can check out last week's episode on gaslighting. <laughs> no, really. And, and, and to be clear, you should, right? You should go back and listen yeah. to all of the conversations that we have. And this is particularly true where we're about to take um, and an unidentified kind of extended break from recording is that we've had a lot of great conversations up to this point. So, you know, you should go to your app store and go get the ICN app, either out of your, your Google Play store or out of your uh, Apple app store. You should be listening and looking back to the conversations on YouTube. You should be tuning in to um, just all of our social media. You can get on uh, Instagram and go find uh, Inspired Choices Network and keep up with everything that's happening, not only with our show, but with shows across the network. So there's not a lot of reason for you to be out of the loop. If you didn't get to check out this gaslighting conversation, to me, one of my personal faves out of the eight that we've had, this will probably end up on the list as well, but a really good targeted discussion about what happens when people attempt to tell you you're not seeing what you thought you saw, or that you're not hearing what you think you hear, or that you don't feel uh, the right things in the right moments and that you have the, this situation completely confused, right? A great uh, just suturing together of what happens when we live in that world and how it happens on a systematic and structural level and institutional level. So institutions like religion, like the church, end up being able to, you know, pump us up with a lot of ideas and perspectives and information that undermine the lived experience and reality of a lot of people. Got a lot of conversation to have about this uh, left today in uh, the conversation here. Even we know that we'll take a break real quick and come back to you and talk a little bit more about the toxic sides of spirituality. Trauma, spirituality, and intersectionality are common threads that tie our life experiences together. 
understanding trauma, exploring spirituality as a tool to heal, and looking at it all through an intersectional lens is what makes our show unique. By tuning into Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz, you will gain valuable insight and clarity on the issues that affect us most, whether you realize it or not. Tune in on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to evenweknowthat at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Even We Know That. My name is LaToya Green, owner of Higher Definition Leadership and Empowerment Coach. And I'm here with Kat Schwartz, who is the visionary of Compassionate Healing Services. You should find both of us uh, on Instagram. Kat can be found at, at Compassionate Healing Services, at Compassionate Healing Services on Instagram. And me, I'm on IG under uh, the name Higher Definition LEC. So you can go and check us out and learn more about us and what we do. Uh, to pick up the conversation where you, you know, where we left off talking about our different journeys and orientations in and out of Christianity uh, specifically, uh, I want to loop us back in by talking about toxic spirituality. Before we do, and I'm kind of laughing at the chat because uh, Kim is like, I, I can never keep up with how fast you talk, and, which I've been hearing my entire life. I, I speak very quickly and with a lot of stuff. Uh, so people have constantly figured out how to unpack my vocabulary to make it a little bit more accessible as they write things down. I'm, as a debater, I've been hearing this all my life. But speaking of, you know, vocabulary that we are given and that we use, when I think about that, I think about Christianity. And I was having a good friend, a good conversation with my friend Damo Cat was on our show uh, uh, talking to Damo about fat phobia a few months ago. Uh, got another podcast if you ever want to check it out called The Chop Up Show. And you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. But me and Damo were having conversations conversations about, you know, our relationship to Christianity and our journey through it. And, you know, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, Christianity has become the vocabulary. I understand it now to be the vocabulary I've been given to describe spirituality, right? I, it's the, just the vocabulary that I have, right? You only grew up in one household. I grew up one household. People grow up down the street from us. People grow up around the world and across the world from us. But we all know what water is. We just have a different vocabulary, a different language, a different way of expressing what that is. We know what your parent is. The mother has a name, a father has a name, the schoolhouse has a name. It just depends on where you're from. And so I say that to say when we think about, you know, spirituality and Christianity, there's a lot to unpack there. But in a lot of ways, there's a lot to unpack everywhere. 
And I think that's important to remember because we're not just picking on Christianity. Uh, it's not an opportunity to bash or to, you know, shake the very foundations of what other people believe to be true. It is just a unique opportunity to unpack the language, right? And as a culture, language comes from somewhere, language comes from cultures, right? So to then take the language that we've been given and to explore the culture around that language, which is where we get to the toxic parts, the bad parts, the spoiled parts of what could have probably started off as a very good thing. But over time, as it passed through many different hands, and when I say passed through hands, I mean interpretations of the truth, the Bible itself, um, the, the political climates that the faith exists in or different faiths exist in, all of that takes a toll on and can transform for the worst, oftentimes, what uh, something may start off as. And, and so, Kat, pick up this conversation of toxic Christianity, of toxic spirituality even, and, yeah. and, and develop that thought process for us. Sure. I mean, and let me be clear that I think that it's important to say this is, this is not a criticism of individual Christians, especially mm -hmm. those who truly walk the faith, right? You know, and there are many, many Christians who walk the faith and, you know, truly treat others as, you know, as they want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and try their best to live by Jesus's real words, the, the the words that Jesus actually spoke in the Bible, right? The red, the red print, right? We call what we call the red print. Read the red. Don't read the rest of that. Is a little right. troubling. Not a single word about gays. Not a single one. <laughs> Hello. So it's this is really about being factual, right? Being mm -hmm. truthful and being honest, right? And 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 our. My, our point in in naming this episode patriarchy white supremacy and toxic christianity is to say that toxic christianity developed as an arm of mm -hmm. reality that especially in america but certainly not in only in america we live in a system of patriarchy which is that men are above women right mm -hmm. and that is like that is reflected very much in the male only version of God, right? Mm -hmm. That And in the Bible, in the parts of the Bible that talk about women being subservient to men in a Christian marriage, women are supposed to be obedient <laughs> to their husbands, right? There is this very patriarchal idea that is reflected in Christianity that is ultimately causing a lot of harm, <laughs> right? Because I'll just put it, I'll put it as simply as my now 12 year old said it, but he probably said it when he was around 10. He when um, he, 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 he looked very confused one day and he said, wait a second, mommy, are you saying that there are boys that believe that girls and women are not as like smart or capable as boys? Like what? he was just like, he, the look on his face was so purely confused because it was just so obvious to him that wasn't untrue because that wasn't true because I'm his mom. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, and he's been around smart, strong women and men, you know, um, his father is a feminist. I'll give him that, you know, I will give him that credit. Um, you know, so he, he has not been gaslighted or brainwashed or conditioned to believe that boys are and men are better than women and of course anyone who's not you know that you know there's no gender that you know the fact that you know just the idea that um there are only women and men right and that marriage is only between a woman and a man meanwhile transgender people are a reality non-binary people are a reality <laughs> right these are just 
realities. These are truths. And um, and in regards to white supremacy and toxic Christianity, I will never wrap my head around, you know, especially appearing in a black church. Just the the, the image that that Jesus was a, a white man is so absolutely absurd. Right. <laughs> and, you know, being a man from the Middle East, that he would have white skin. And yet that is how he is depicted worldwide, because white supremacy is a worldwide delusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just okay. like patriarchy is largely a world, worldwide delusion. If you're finding a matriarchal society, you're probably in the, you know, in indigenous lands somewhere. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You know? um, any um, first world country is going to have a much more patriarchal, you know, view at this at this stage in our in our evolution as a planet and a species. So, um, yeah, so, when we, so it's, and, and the, the the idea that the Bible is the word of God, not only did we already point out, you know, the inconsistencies in what is said that Jesus said versus what is actually quoted as Jesus in saying in the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, it's also been mistranslated and translated hundreds of times from different languages, right? One, one really good example being that Jesus is said to have said he was the son of God. Well, son is, would have better been translated to extension of God, mm -hmm. right? I believe we are all an extension, and, and so are you, he said, right? I am the son of God and so are you, right? What he was saying is I am the, an extension of that, which we're calling God. I have access to to this energy through his many years of meditation, right? And connecting with this energy, then this right. um, this truth this of this consciousness, this unity consciousness that exists and wasn't just the consciousness Jesus was preaching from, but so many other ascended masters that have walked the planet and all different religions, okay. right? It's like, in my view, there's been so many brilliant um, minds. And, and as you pointed out in the last segment, really starting in a, in a really pure place, <laughs> right? Of purely re receiving these downloads of information from what you could call heaven, right it's just the reality of where we go when we're not physical but um you know and and then we we take the word of one particular person typically a man we write it down and then we make other people conform to that very very rigid specific idea when it's more like oh there this is one piece of the puzzle and that's one piece of the puzzle and this is one piece of the puzzle and if we all understood it as one mosaic it would be beautiful <laughs> right and yet we're fighting wars too because you don't believe what i believe <laughs> right and how's that How's that working out for us, right? It's been several hundred years now, <laughs> right? <laughs> are we winning these wars or are we having less of them? You know, it, it turns out a war on anything just makes it bigger. So it's, you know, if we want to start finding solutions, we have to at least be honest about the problem, <laughs> right? That it exists because you'll still have plenty of, you know, we'd be remiss to say it's odd, um, you know, it's oddly, um, well, white Jesus, we'll just put it that way. White Jesus also happens to follow Republican politics. <laughs> and I think that that's where I, you know, find my inroads into toxic Christianity. Certainly more recent conservative politics have not been the only instantiation of it, but I think it has been uh, some of the most contemporarily grotesque, right? Just ugly, disgusting, stripping, reapplication and manipulation of what I believe is uh goodwill toward your neighbor 
completely against tenants and components of love and compassion that we should have for people and really observing the ultimate judgment allowing you know the ultimate judgment even if that is the the heavy handedness of god and the judge the capacity to judge you in your death is also something i take issue with because i feel like it's also a further misinterpretation of it but just the hijacking of what i feel like should be a very accessible very reasonable reasonable very doable orientation toward life and how it has become a literal literal delineator between you know good and bad between good intention and bad intention and between literal life and death right it is the the irony is not lost upon any too, too many people at all that american christianity was birthed out of a fleeing of religious persecution only for that religious persecution to continue against other people right and so when i look out and i see you know, conservative nationalism, I'm specifically reminded of Jordan Neely in this time, and rest in peace to him, he was a young Black man who was suffering from mental illness, who was having an episode in the New York City subway, um, and was being ignored, was completely uh, benign existence and presence to everybody else on the subway car, but was angry about, you know, not getting help, angry and frustrated about uh, needing food and being hungry, and some guy, you know, who just didn't have the patience, didn't have the compassion, didn't have the care to let him exist and be who he was, or better yet, give him some food, point him towards some resources, help him out a little bit, uh, goes in, strangles Jordan Neely to death, and is now free. At first, was not even arrested, by the way, but is now walking around the world free and will have legal protection. Why? Not because we live in a society that is committed to justice and wants to allow people to have their day in court, but also holds them accountable for things like a malicious act of murder. But he's also walking around free and will potentially get off because Christian organizations have decided to back him to the tune of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure that he is defended uh, in, in the legal process. Now, this is the same Christianity that gives its due diligence to the government, that talks about the power that the state should have and how good Christians attempt to align themselves with the laws of the land. And if that's true, then I start to really wonder why it is that you don't let the court process be the court process. Why do you feel like you need to influence that process? Why do you feel like you need to be a part of it? What part of God's grace and God's will for his life or your life or anybody else's life means that you have to take your money and your capital and go fight a fight, an unfair fight? to tip it in the favor, favor of somebody who took a life unjustly, mm. right? I, I haven't heard, I've heard support. And, and this tells me that the malicious nature of conservative Christianity and conservative politics is to drive a wedge. Because what was Christian about that? What about the, what in the Bible justifies him killing that man? And I don't even want to speak his name, but what in the Bible is the, is the, is the, the biblical justification that, that encourages you to spend your money in that direction? People hungry, people unhoused, bills not being paid. If you think the government can't pay his bills, you know the average American can't pay their bills, but yet you found enough money to go send to this man. And this is where I take a problem with how the faith starts to miss the mark in questions of social justice, in terms of recalibrating the society that we live in and doing the work that the government won't do. You won't do that, but you'll get into these petty issues right. that are pretty cut and dry. Just like 80% of white Christians supported Donald Trump, you know, and all of a sudden he was all of a sudden he was a Christian when he had the support, right? It's like the hypocrisy is so blatant. It's so I mean, went and it, held it, up a Bible upside down and backwards, couldn't even hold the Bible right. And all of a sudden he's a good Christian that represents the needs and the moral compass and the future of this country. You know, you're not fooling anyone. You know, the ego is not clever. <laughs> and just because it's in their shadow, it doesn't mean it's in ours, right? The collective conscious has woken up to the fact that this is BS. So on that note, yeah. I 
think we will take our next break. This is Even We Know That on the Inspire Choices Network. I am Kat Schwartz. This is Latoya Green, and we'll see you on the other side. We're talking about trauma, spirituality, and intersectionality are common threads that tie our life experiences together. Understanding trauma, exploring spirituality as a tool to heal, and looking at it all through an intersectional lens is what makes our show unique. By tuning into Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz, you will gain valuable insight and clarity on the issues that affect us most, whether you realize it or not. Tune in on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Catch Wars. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to evenweknowthat at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Even We Know That. I'm Kat Schwarz. This is Latoya Green, and we are talking about patriarchy, white supremacy, and toxic Christianity. So last segment, we got more into the toxic side of things. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to... Um, <laughs> I had a thought and I lost it. And I'm just going to be honest about that. Um, it just ran away. It ran away. Um, but we were uh, <laughs> we were talking about toxic Christianity and we're being careful to, you know, really point out the um, the hypocrisy, the absurdity even, right? When you, when you examine um, such things as, let's say that Donald Trump is a good Christian, <laughs> right? That's just objectively untrue. And when 80% of the of the conservative people atheist. some people might i don't want to speak for atheists i think they might say he's a bad atheist like you are just bad you are a bad person, you a bad just, person. right exactly and you know and you were you were talking about the tragic case of jordan mcneely prior to you know prior to the break and you know the we we have to stop i guess expecting the bad guys to have a good reason right you know the whole point is malintent and that's our point in talking about this is that when there are excellent people out there that identify as Christian and truly walk and live the faith, right? And and, and want only good in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And yet the the very system in which you're giving the mo- your money to every every week in tithing or you know what um or and you're you you know some of the, the some of the very people you've put on a pedestal don't have that same intent, right? Their intent is harm. Their intent is to maintain power. Their their intent is to, um, you know, keep gay people from, you know, marginalized and unable to have equal rights. And Toy and I are both gay, right? So we take issue with that, right? So, um, you know, so it's 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 really about examining 
your uh, faith critically, because I absolutely believe in God. I want to say that now after, you know, after eight, after eight, you know, 21 years or so as a Catholic and then 18 years as an atheist over the last six years that it's been, I have developed a completely and totally different understanding of God. One that is, you know, very much the opposite (laughs) of what we are or what I was taught, which is that God is a a man, a judgmental, seemingly white man. Crotchety old white man, yeah. Who's very angry (laughs) and very strict. (laughs) He has 10 rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, you know I'm, I'm just i'm just remember saying it how i remember it right you know it's been a while but there are 10 rules that if you do not follow to a t even though some of them are you know pretty common like lying right it's pretty common for every single human to lie right so that gets scary as a kid when you tell your first lie and you now believe you're about to go to a fiery hell right right and only if you suffer through this life following these very strict, outdated, oppressive um, rules, unless you are literally a white man, <laughs> right? A white Christian man, you are otherwise, you know, um, I'm sorry, also heterosexual, cisgender, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, um, you are then by definition less than and God is judging you. Um, and only if you suffer through this your entire life might you get access to a a land in which all is lovely and free and you know that that was how i remember and the alternative to that is to be sent to a fiery terrifying hell so it's a very fear-based doctrine (laughs) right and if we examine that closely why we would gaslight large groups of people into believing that It's because it upholds systems of power, specifically patriarchy and white supremacy, right? And also seems to coincide with the conservative political agenda in the United States that is doing tremendous amounts of harm to the trans community, to all of us, of course, right? We're all now in danger of gun violence because AK-47s have become the cool thing to have. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're they're birthing folks who are now, you know, being subjected to all types of issues and traumas at different stages in their pregnancies because they can no longer, you know, for the sake of their health, uh, not follow through with certain pregnancies. They even will have been told that they are miscarrying, that they are will not have a successful childbirth, that they will, you know, have stillborn children, all types of things mm-hmm. that they are they could potentially die. Right. That literally you're having a medical uh, issue, an event that could cause your death directly related to your pregnancy. And they're not being allowed to go through procedures to fix those things. And that is at the hands of Christianity. Right. The same women who you are fighting for to have the right to be able to do things are dying to exercise the ability and the right to do those things. Right. And so that is I I do want the option of having a child. I shouldn't die. Should I be in a position to have one of those and I need to change or recalibrate the situation? Right. So common sense. Just logical, easy, common sense gun laws, common sense relationships um, and conversations about the the, the, the the people's bodies, right? Common sense. And we're coming up on a year in June of the, the Supreme Court overturning Roe, Roe v. Wade, right? And, um, you know, p- putting that to the states, which is absolutely devastating because that does not... 
um, stop people from having abortions. It, ha- it stops people from having safe abortions, right. <laughs> right? And we just lose more and more um, women and babies, birthing people and babies to, um, you know, uh, the dangers of, of course, um, an unskilled or illegal abortion. Right. I mean, you know, one of the things that my mind is going to, even as we talk about this, and this is going to juxtapose the discussion we're having about uh, patriarchy, but you, in, in in terms of the violence that toxic Christianity has done in, in, in Black churches, like that can't be overstated. And that's because the, 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 the belief in the buying in that Jesus was a white, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, pale-skinned man is one that has not only been damaging and misleading overall for the entire Christian faith and really uh, de-historicizes everything we know about Jesus and about the times that he lived in, but also I think in terms of the Black church, it's even more insidious because that's the lie that the Black church bought, right? And so now what we see, and, and this is a part of a lot of the conversations that I'm listening in um, that, that talk about the church today, is that they're having a difficult com- com- confrontation with you know, an issue we've heard time and time again, which is, you know, Christianity was used as a tool to create slaves, to justify slavery, to, and in some capacities it was. What we also know about Christianity is it was there on the continent of Africa far before colonizers came and attempted to utilize it and introduce it as a tool and a metric of oppression, right? The same way Islam was on the continent, the same way uh, a number, a litany, a, a grab bag of indigenous African spiritualities were on the continent, there was Christianity as well. And so there's a lot of tension going back and forth about that, but to juxtapose those conversations even more, because those have been happening for decades at this point, we also see um, a growing group of Black people, or growing numbers of Black people who are looking back to their Indigenous face and Indigenous forms of spirituality and giving more credibility to things like hoodoo and voodoo and um, other you know, types of spirituality that were brought here through slavery to the United States. We're going back and saying, "Mm -mm, all of that, that's witchcraft, that's bad, get that out of here. We need to slow down and pay attention to the overlaps and the continuity between the spiritual practices we see, uh, you know, our ancestors have done and the same things Christianity are calling for. So, you know, the problem that a lot of Black Christians are having now, especially ones who are more progressive, are that there has to be a world where, remember, I told you Christianity is my vocabulary, that I expand my vocabulary and I find some cognates, I find some synonyms and other languages of spirituality to really overlay that understanding. The same way we go and have a lot of the rituals we have in Christian spirituality is the same type of ritualism that we had you know, in, in, in indigenous African uh, spiritualities. And so converging those processes shouldn't be as difficult as we can. Accepting different parts of those particular religious experiences have to be important in order for me to really align with my identity as a Black Christian person. And also to recognize that while we pooping on uh, hoodoo and, and all other types and all other forms of, of African spirituality, wait, Christians, is that you over there doing the same thing you said was witchcraft and problematic and, you know, invoking demons and all you doing something very, you, you drinking the blood and eating the body? Y'all praying? You said speaking things into existence, you manifesting? Because that, that, that's what they just people. talked about over there, right? And so there's a very complicated uh, relationship that and a lot of moment of reckoning that is happening right now in the Black church because a lot of progressive Black young millennials and Gen Xers are like, wait a minute. Yeah. These things, these two things are more alike than you giving them credit for. 
Right. And shout out to Marie Laveau, the mother of voodoo. I have my voodoo doll within reach over there because she's very much a part of what I was saying before, that mosaic of brilliance on the planet that we're just tapping into different medicines, right? And different levels of consciousness. And, um, and when people criticize my work, you know, I'm a, I, I, I'm an energy worker. I'm a Reiki master of masters. I work with these different ascended masters and angels who come to me through my own intuition. That's how we tap into our higher, our higher realms and our higher consciousness. And that's how I do my healing work. And what I had to understand as I went through my, my mental health journey, because this started as a, a mental breakdown and a suicidal crisis and being told mm -hmm. I was bipolar until I really understood that I was gifted in ways that needed developing. Yeah. Right. So when people criticize my work and call it ridiculous, right. I mean, not only do they believe that every animal on earth, apparently two of them, uh, you know, went on one-to-one -one boat, <laughs> you know, like in stories of that nature, which are, you know, implausible to say, the least right um i you know i hearken or I, I i bring them back to well what happened you know several hundred years ago was colonization you see so it's that you know the reason that we don't believe these things or or um or we don't have these in our lexicon is because we uh raped and murdered and you know um colonized lands that had that held you know healers and seers and indigenous um you know matriarchal cultures that understand that women are the intuitive ones we're the you know life givers <laughs> we deserve reverence and respect and to be listened to and to be co-created with not um you know um dominated over <laughs> right and told what to do and 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 used for as as servants you know in, in in our own homes right and that is very much unfortunately the the culture that we live in and it's you know like you said it's the younger generations who of course who are calling bullshit <laughs> right just like just like my son was so confused about like wait a second mommy boy boys aren't better than girls that was the same conversation i was having with my father having grown up in a black neighborhood with black neighbors and black friends and a black uncle <clears throat> and i'm hearing from my dad's conservative ra radio how dangerous black people are and i'm like come what what now <laughs> the only people that have heard me are white dad so i don't really get it <laughs> you know? great conversations i think great examples great experiences and reflections looking back at christianity patriarchy and white supremacy let's take this break would even we know that we'll come back finish out this conversation and tell you where you can find us uh after the show's over Trauma, spirituality, and intersectionality are common threads that tie our life experiences together. Understanding trauma, exploring spirituality as a tool to heal, and looking at it all through an intersectional lens is what makes our show unique. By tuning into Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz, you will gain valuable insight and clarity on the issues that affect us most, whether you realize it or not. Tune in on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to EvenWeKnowThat at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Even We Know That with LaToya Green and Kat Schwarz. We are talking about 
patriarchy, white supremacy, and toxic Christianity on our for now last episode on the Inspired Choices <clears throat> excuse me, network. Uh, please check out all our pre previous seven conversations. They were mostly wonderful. <laughs> I think they were all great and all something you can pick something up. And, Chris and little stuff, but <laughs> Neural divergence, gaslighting, uh, learning more about trauma uniquely. Thank you. Uh, what else did we talk about? Fat phobia. What else did we talk about? Ego versus intuition, healing modalities. Um, last week was gaslighting, as we said. Our getting to know you not my favorite, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm finally getting comfortable on our last episode. I'm proud of me. <laughs> I mean, and if you just want to get to know us, right? Kat's like, I'm just getting comfortable here. So if you want to see the ways that Kat has grown, but also a little bit more about who Kat is in general, go back to our very yeah. first episode where we got to get to know each other and just lay out some fun and interesting facts about who we are and the work that we do. This conversation um, on this episode of Even We Know That, that is highlighting Christianity, toxic Christianity, uh, patriarchy, and white supremacy has had a lot of different contours, a lot of different components to it. But I think one of you know the places that we ended on in, in prepping for the show is in making sure that we are as critical of Christianity proper as we are of spirituality in general, right? Spirituality mm -hmm. and the ability to see self outside of self, to understand life, to understand existence, to understand uh, what our responsibilities are, who we should be outside of how we've been kind of boop, 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 and popped out into the world, assuming is largely shaped on, on spirituality, but it's not a, an opportunity that everybody gets, right? It's not, spirituality is a privilege. Because it is an opportunity to step away from uh, the material. It is an opportunity to move away from what is directly in front of your face and a lot of the impending uh, demands and concerns of what our day-to-day -day lives bring us. And so uh, we don't say that lightly. Unpack for me a little bit too, Kat, especially with your perspective as a spiritualist, as a Reiki master, somebody who connects those dots. In what ways can just general spirit, and I don't want to call it general spirituality, but spirituality in general, how can it be toxic? In many ways, unfortunately, and I would I would just reframe that to say it's not that spirituality is a privilege because we are spirits in a human experience. Spirituality right. is the most accessible, normal thing about us. It's mm -hmm. healing. That's the privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. It's healing from all that complex trauma that you went through. It's it's getting the time and space in your day what, to learn to meditate or to, um, you know, to just be able to, you know, healing for me required months, I mean, from a, a suicidal crisis required months and months off of work. That was an incredible privilege to be able to do that and have my, my, my husband at the time support the family, right? The medicines that worked for me, like cannabis, aren't covered by medic, by, um, insurance, right? Um, my, my, right, right. My, my partner, you know, her medications uh, for her own severe mental health issues have been incredibly expensive, right? So all of these are privileges. And the I, I there's just a few things that I want to highlight that are very common. And even if there's truth to them, there's also a tremendous amount of privilege in saying them. And one is that everybody has the ability to self-heal, right? Because of what we, what, we, what we talk about is, you know, you cannot expect an individual to solve a systemic problem, right? And while, yes, it's true that only you can think your own thoughts, right? No one can think your thoughts for you. And therefore, no one can vibrate for you and attract for you. 
You are the one who has to do that work to dismantle those beliefs that are firmly held in many cases. Like for me, it was 18 years of staunch atheism, right? The only thing that even came close to um, piercing that for me before my my awakening with uh, the medium that I, I worked with or met was the just the vastness of the universe because I grew up, you know, I'm old enough, 44, to, be, to you know, really remember and be taught that I really kind of believed our, our you know, our Earth had, you know, we, we were nine planets, right? Pluto was considered a planet back in the day, don't you know? And, um, and, you know, there were nine kept sending bringing it inviting it and then kicking it off and inviting it again they've officially kicked the back off the list so right and whether this is just my you know whether I was getting a more nuanced understanding and that's all all I retained I really did just kind of believe we were you know a relatively small you know um universe and then as these high-tech you know technologies came out and we just saw that like the earth is literally a speck of dust compared to what we understand the largest stars to be and then we are specks of dust walking on the speck of dust right so (laughs) just this idea that you know there's not some larger force orchestrating or that there might be you know like could we really be the only intelligence we're not that intelligent let's be honest (laughs) right like so that started to pierce my my disbelief my my lack of belief but it's true that you'll only see something that you believe right so so definitely the idea that we um that we're all self-healers i think is really um a very privileged statement and not, you know, not true for the majority of people on this planet. And that's something that will hopefully gradually change with the influence of people like us. Um, The idea that we all create our reality. Yes, that's true. Again, through your thoughts and beliefs, you're creating your reality. But, you know, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I'm going to paraphrase, said something along the lines of, it's not that we need you to hand us anything. Just take your boot off our necks. (laughs) (laughs) right like stop pushing us down and making it harder for us right and for the vast majority of people again anyone pretty much who's not white male cisgender you know heterosexual um Mm able-bodied right is at some level of disadvantage in our society because of these structures of power that have been in place for hundreds of years. And our denial of that is not helping us. It's not creating, it's not causing there to be fewer suicides or homicides or drug addiction. In fact, all of these things are getting way, way worse and way bigger. And they will continue to until we get real about the problem, right? Big facts, big facts. I think, you know, if anything, this conversation gets people's wheels turning in terms of just always searching for and seeking out and understanding why you believe what you believe, being critical and mindful of the way that the way that you believe uh, shapes and influences the people around you. And it also, you know, takes a toll on your insides, your heart, your mind, your focus, your spirit, the health of the spirit inside of you is largely based on you interrogating how you got where you are and where you go next, especially in terms of something that's big is your spirituality and your faith. Um, whether it's the ego and your versus your intuition, whether you want to know more about what healing is and how to think about healing, which is another great conversation we had. Um, if you just want to peel back the layers on complex trauma and take a look at the negative experiences you've had in your life and how they shape or inform who you are right now, the even if you want to, I'm sorry, Toya, but if you want to see me fangirl over George Lee, the conscious Lee, the one and only conscious Lee, that's episode three on neurodivergence. So 
Go back and check out Even We Know That. Bunch of different places. Go to your app store and go find it. Like I said, it's on YouTube. It's on Instagram. Inspired Choices Network is all around the world. Anywhere you listen to podcasts is where you can find the show and many others just like it. It has been a pleasure to have this experience with you, Kat. I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything you've done. Shout out to everybody in the background of Even We Know That, the Kims, the Christines. All of y'all have been amazing. Talk to you soon. Love you much. This has been Even We Know That. Thank you for listening to the Even We Know That show. LaToya and Kat return Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, don't be afraid to say the quiet parts out loud.